1: Hello, good evening, and welcome to this week's More Over Podcast, Mini Rugby Podcast, gives you all the news, views, and opinion on the weekend's rugby action, all with the West Country accent. You can find us on Twitter; we are at More Over Podcast. We are More Over Rugby Podcast on Facebook, and all of our podcasts are on most of your good podcatchers. Um, we're in lockdown another week without rugby, another week without sport. So, with uh, with all the positive feedback we got from last week, we're uh, we're going to do another punching chat because um, why try when you don't have to why try when you don't have to indeed um, and so adam is back our resident quiz host with his sound effects and uh, welcome welcome back adam you you got you also got some uh, some rave reviews last week
2: did i what, that's that's what, that's nice to hear was that just comparative to the well, normal host was that what to, that the,
1: was? The, to the normal host yeah whoever he is um one person even said I quite like Adam. He seems like a nice chap. Yeah. <laughs> High praise indeed.
2: They clearly don't know me.
1: Our uh, our listeners are nothing if not uh, succinct Condescending. in their praise.
2: <laughs>
1: but uh, yeah, welcome, welcome back. We're going to do some more punching chat. Welcome. Uh, I believe you know you're you're the man to to take us forward from here.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed last week and. Yeah, as you say, we've none of us have got anything better to do at this point, so we're we're just going to rehash the same thing again, but with with different questions and hopefully different answers.
1: And I think, sorry, we we are gonna we are gonna try and get some other people on at some point where you might hear some less of us and Eddie Stevens and you know there are people that are really angling after some invites as well to this in the uh, the short mall uh, fancy rugby draft group. Um, James from Rugby Saracens fancies his chances. Um, Matt, who is now just Matt, not Shanghai or Shangyi Shang-y. or Shang-y. Shang-y. <laughs> Um he, we, we forced him into a name change, uh, which is technically bullying, but he can take it. Uh, but yeah, so Eddie, and obviously I want Eddie Stevens. Um, Does that, that I mean he's got? A, yeah,
3: sorry. Go on. Uh, I go think. On, mate. Uh, well, I uh, in in. In the current climate, I think the only thing to do would be that any first-timers that come onto the More Labour podcast from now on have to do some sort of initiation that involves drinking piss live
4: on air. <laughs> I, I want... Them... Oh, come on, rugby's, rugby's got to get away from that kind of thing. Yeah, I want them to drink, <laughs> I want them to drink piss
1: and then turn themselves into a, a human bowling ball uh, and... And on a and on a uh, a lubricated floor, run themselves into a, a stack of chairs. Yeah. All midgets, stack of midgets, or midgets on top of one another. Interesting, <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, sorry, Adam, I ruined your uh, your introduction. Yeah,
0: that That's went on right. a bit, didn't it?
2: It's just as well because <laughs> I hadn't prepared anything. But other other than just uh, just get straight into it, shall we? Shall we start? Yeah, go on then. Let's start. I mean, I could recap the rules, but I'm not going to. You know, if you if you aren't up to speed up to now, then frankly, we don't need listen, you.
4: Listen to the first episode.
2: Yeah, or or another or popular podcast. one of the 800 podcasts by the other people. It, yeah, the ones that copied us.
1: In fact, um, there was not actually a duplicate question in last week's episode of that particular show, which we had asked the week before. So
3: your, tax, your taxpayer funded version of this podcast. Yeah. F- fuck you.
2: Yeah, our, our, no, no don't say that. Don't say <laughs> that. OK, yeah, no, we're suing them. <laughs> don't worry, we'll, we'll win. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Quest, question one. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of idiots about at the moment and with record numbers of them making trips to beaches and public places when they really should be isolating What's the best example of a sportsman or woman unable to follow instructions? And Russ, let's start with you. Uh,
1: Okay, so there might be a theme to some of my answers tonight, and I've just read through them and think "Mm, maybe there is. But, and a very big but, the people that I think are the most guilty of not following the rules were led by a man called Salman Butt. And also included Mohamed Amir and Mohamed Azif, the Pakistani cricketers that were in uh, engaged in the spot fixing scandal in 2010 following a, a test match at Lords, They were all uh, obviously banned from cricket and jailed in certain cases. Um, and yeah, so those three are my are my guys for, for not following the rules of sport by uh, bringing it massively into dispute with spot fixing
2: they didn't even follow the people, the orders of the people that were paying them properly, did they? <laughs>
1: no. Yeah. So they, they even, they, they, they fucked it up by breaking the laws of cricket and then fucked it up by not doing the spot fixing that they were getting paid to do, which was very, very strange.
2: <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Dougie. Oh, I, did, I deliberately went to you as you were about to stuff <laughs> a large mouthful of pot noodle <laughs> into your mouth. <laughs> um,
3: Uh, Sticking with cricket, and it's not necessarily players, but um, I'd like to call out the actions of um, Messrs Duckworth and Lewis, specifically relating to a cricket match that took place in the World Cup in 1992, where South Africa required 23 from the remaining 22 balls, I believe, I think it was. Um, And then a short, sharp rain delay came in, and what was going to be a rather exciting um conclusion to a, a a crucial match ended up being a bit of a farce <laughs> after the rain delay um the duck Duckworth- lewis method was applied and uh south africa needed 23 from one delivery um if your method changes a score line from being fairly close to a statistical impossibility you're not following the rules of the game
2: um I'm going to be a bit of a dick here and take take a point off. Um, there's quite a lot of that that's factually incorrect. Um, I'm I'm sorry to tell you, the Duckworth Lewis method was inspired by that very game because the previous rain delay rules, I believe, were devised by Richie Benno, and were different at that point. Um, and it. I thought you were only being a bit of a dick. <laughs> No, I'm going, Adam, I'm going
4: all in. Adam, have you not heard the rules of this podcast? We're not allowed to let facts get in the way of an opinion.
3: Where facts times opinion equals... <laughs> Which just kind of
1: difficult when we're doing a quiz. The Duckworth all right, Lewis have method... A point back.
0: there you go. The Duckworth Lewis method makes overtaking the Australian team bus a long and drawn-out process. <laughs> First
2: points for Ben. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Starting to see that my answers are going to contain more Partridge references. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, that's the key to winning, let's be honest. Okay, uh, Phil.
4: So the the first thing that's kind of put me off my answer is watching in a quarter of my screen certain Douglas Andrews failing to eat a pot noodle according to proper instructions, slurping it like it's a fucking cuppa soup. <laughs> you've got a spoon in your hand, use it. I've got a fork, um, I'm not a heathen. A fork, sorry. Um, so uh, we've all played sport. In particular, we've probably all played a bit of football. When your name's come up to be substituted off and you're a bit pissed off about it because you think you're playing fairly well and you've got a bit more to give, um, but the gaffer's decision is the gaffer's decision. In the Coca-Cola Carabao competition of 2019, where you have Chelsea playing Man City, the most expensive keeper in the world, Kepper something or other, um, that I won't try to pronounce. Ben, could you pronounce his surname, please?
0: <laughs> no, no, no. I, so we'll I don't know him, where he is.
4: We we'll just call him Keppa, Chelsea <laughs> keeper. Um, goes down with cramp. Gets gets uh, a lot of treatment. How can the a goalkeeper get tells, cramp? By the way, right, fuck, because actually he's, off because he's done nothing the whole game. Manager goes, I'm not risking him with a penalty shootout coming. I'm going to substitute him off and bring on Willie Caballero. And Kepper goes, No, nah, fuck you. I'm staying on. I'm staying on, and then goes on to uh, lose the penalty shootout. So yeah, Kepper, learn to follow your manager's instructions, buddy.
2: Yeah, great answer. I, the thing that I found the weirdest, oh, most strange about that whole episode was the fact that he got away with it, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't, didn't get sex. They all back down. So oh, okay, in yeah. spite of those pesky kids. Yeah. Okay, who are we
0: left with, Ben? Well, it's Saracen's accountant, isn't it? <laughs> oh, Miss Adam, get off his dick, would you. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's for you as well, Russ. Um, yeah, I mean that guy. He's he's on his fifth tro- shopping trip of the day already, isn't he? And he's 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 got about forty-eight rolls of loo roll in his boot. It's just the rules don't apply to him. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think,
2: uh, I, don't, I, I don't regret ordering, of, ordering or, what's, I've, awarding, how about that, my vocab's dis, just dyslexic to me, um, right, <laughs> <laughs> and that was mostly intentional, <laughs> question two, um, and this comes from George, shout out to Paintspot Newkey, um, with it's certain professions, is, is that him, the is that, that's the right George? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Certain professions now being called key workers. um, What is the most important key worker or position in all the sports? And Phil, you can kick us off.
4: So I'm going to apologise to Dougie again before I get into this. So I thought about this and I went, actually individual positions they're they're only really important as part of a team and without your team around you if we're going to single somebody out as being the key person which you you can kind of do with american football with a quarterback actually it pays a disservice to the rest of the team around them and i don't think that's necessarily um necessarily the right thing to do uh so i thought well actually maybe you need to look higher up the chain and think about the people that are that are bringing sport, developing sport, pushing things forwards, like Mr. Hearn, um, Bernie Eccleston did a very good job. In and they went, actually, no, because most of them are arrogant arseholes and, and we don't really want to be celebrating arrogant assholes too often. So I thought, well, actually, what's really important and what's key is is the people that bring the sport to the masses. And I know we've talked about a lot of the small businesses that are being screwed over by coronavirus and and there are a lot of those relating to sport the little shops by the side of the um by the side of the ground, the burger vans, people like that, the volunteers going out raising money. But actually, what's even bigger than that is the people that bring it truly to the masses. And for that, I want to say a big thank you to a lot of guys who, at the moment, are really suffering with very little income coming on, and that's the cameramen. So, thank oh, you. <laughs> i knew i was gonna take hey,
2: one man. for that rightly <laughs> <You laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> right uh ben who uh, who's the most important key worker in sport
0: phil obviously thought a lot about that so um i'm gonna <laughs> i gonna look terrible now um i i've i've gone for a genuine fast bowler Eng- England just like Pop look pop gun, don't they? Without one, and then I mean, look at Steve Smith last summer, he looked like he was going to average about 275 for the series. And then Archer came in and he started to look a bit ordinary, and they roughed him up a little bit. Um, and it, it just makes cricket more fun, isn't it? Doesn't it? When the when the two teams have both got a couple of fast bowlers and they're knocking each other about a bit. Um, but I, I just think a, a real great cricket team has to have at least one fast bowler who's a bit intimidating. Yeah, totally agree. Uh Russ.
1: Quite boringly, I would say the key worker and the most important people in any sport are the officials. Like them or hate love them or hate them, like them or loathe them, without the officials, without the referees, the umpires, the uh touch judges, the you know the V A R people, <laughs> you know. Dockley Park and all that sort of stuff. Without these guys, without even at grassroots level, without these people who never got picked at school and were always shit at playing the game, you know, like those that can't do teach and all that. um, Without them, we wouldn't have any sport to watch whatsoever. So, to me, the most important people in sport are the people that officiate it.
2: Much as I agree with you, Russ. It's far funnier not to. Um, There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Doug.
3: Okay, so we've mentioned the quarterbacks already. Um, I actually think that the head coaches are more important in um, in uh, the NFL. But my actual answer, I and mean, it's probably not something that you guys would have thought of when I, well, would even think of. But I'm going to go to sorry, Chili's. Um, I'm going to go to sailing <laughs> and. Sleep. Um, one, one, one of the most un, one of the most underrated right, sports that you could watch, but the wind America's Cup yachting, and there is a position in the American Cup yachting called the grinder.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> there we go. Don't now the grinder
3: is. is he's a prop sized gentleman whose only job is to wind a winch as fast and as hard as he can for the entire duration of the two hours that they're in the boat. It's as it looks as little fun as it sounds, but without them, the boat doesn't go. So and if your boat doesn't go in sailing, you're pretty much not gonna happen, are you? So it grinders sounds, and it and also
1: like physical.
3: Yeah, just look up, just look up um sailing I'm not grinders, like, Google I grinder. Not. There I, you well, go. <laughs> <laughs> I was so close, I almost got it in <laughs> But um, in all seriousness, they are um, they are big old boys, and they do have a very important job.
2: And um, yeah, there you go. Grinder. Search for it on your App Store and Google Play. Uh, right. Next question. Uh, with F1 turning to esports, and Ian Polter and Sir Chris Hoy and others trying their hand in a virtual Grand Prix. Um, the question is: Which sports star would you like to see trying a different one, and what? And let's go to let's go back to you, Doug.
3: Um, four words: Phil Taylor, long jump.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely, uh, Phil.
4: Yeah, so I've I've kind of gone a bit off kilter here because actually. A lot of sports stars, I I want them to play the sport that they're doing. Um, And I don't really like it when you get the likes of Sonny Bill Williams who can play three different versions of a ball sport immensely well and then go and win a medal at boxing. I want people just to play the sport they're doing. So I've taken two people who like to think they have a role in sport by by keeping their gobs open and saying and having opinions. Um, And I'd like to put them in a boxing ring. And I think lots of people would pay money to watch Alan Sugar fighting against Piers Morgan, battering <laughs> ten bells of shit out of each other's face.
1: Oh, oh, oh! Shugsy would have a have a coronary, wouldn't he? He'd be gone, be brown. Yeah, brown, be- yeah,
3: because because Morgan'd be uh, <laughs> <he'd> be lasting <laughs> the full twelve, wouldn't he? Ready to go again at the end of it.
2: <laughs> it would be a lot of fun finding out. Okay, Ben,
0: what would um, you like to see? Well. I, I, I've always kind of wanted to see um, a rugby player give the NFL a go. Um, a couple crossed my mind, maybe Tua Lange as a as a running back or Underhill as a linebacker. But what I'd really like to see is um, Johnny Wilkinson as a punter. Because you could just see a, a lot of these uh, American sort of locker rooms, as they call it. Cruising um, around dark streets. Yeah, well, I just... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Delalio, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but you, you could imagine a lot of those uh, changing rooms sort of uh, underestimating the world's most diffident man until he absolutely smoked a punt returner who got <laughs> anywhere near him. Um, so yeah, Johnny Wilkinson, give Venafel a go. How about Russ Milsom?
2: Um, he could oh. give a, give it a bit of a go, can he? Uh, know,
1: absolutely. absolutely oh mate, just like i told you pay me by successful kick um so phil you mentioned mentioned boxing i i would like to see a former rugby player take up boxing um a a guy who's quite vocal on on twitter a guy who has tried his hand at podcasting and commentary um I'd like to see Andy Goode step into the boxing ring and because he'd be in the heavyweight category, I'd love to see him get absolutely ironed out by Anthony Joshua or <laughs> Dillian White or Tyson Fury. I, I just, I would love to see nothing more than that guy flat on his back with blood pouring from his nose.
2: <coughs> well, ironed um, get...
3: out is a great saying, by the way. <laughs>
2: boxing was, was going to come up there, wasn't it? Right, you've, you've edged yourself back into positive scoring there, Russ. You're up to four points. Uh, Phil is on 15, Doug on 20, and Ben in the lead on 25. Time for a quickie. And quite simply, who in sport would you like to isolate with?
0: Um, ben? Um, one of those Sarries players that owns a brewery. <laughs> 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 The Wolfpack guys. Yeah. Very
1: good, Russ, Russ. who
2: are you isolating um, with?
1: Two words for you. And just go on Instagram or Google or whatever. Uh, Vicky Fleetwood. And that comes as no surprise to to some of uh, my Twitter followers and friends. Um, but yeah, Vicky Fleetwood. Just look at her on Instagram. Saracens ladies and England. Uh, Flanker. All the best.
2: She's not going to sleep with you, mate. No, true. <laughs> Doug, um,
3: because I'm because I'm uh, pragmatic. Christian Day, ex Northampton Saints lock, and current MasterChef contestant.
1: He's tearing it up in here. I saw him the other week.
3: Exactly, and he's if handsome be, as well. Isn't if, he? You're, if you're going to be in lockdown with someone, make sure they can cook, and he's handsome.
0: Yeah, how did he have a whole oh, career God. at second row and still like that?
3: <laughs> what? He wore a lid, didn't he?
2: Right, Phil, who That's are it, you isolating with?
4: So if you're isolating with somebody, you want to come out a better person, you want to be inspired to be the best that you can be. So Doddy, where?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's
4: a lovely answer, but,
1: you know, <laughs> fucking hell.
2: It's the only I'll, one. I'll, I'll, I'll be <laughs> honest. That question didn't go the way I expected it to, but, but there we have it. Okay. Last week we we asked who the best player across sport was not to play sport internationally. Um, this time we're going to flip it and ask who is the worst to have actually been called up for their country. And let's go to let's go to Russ.
1: This led me down one. <laughs> One of the mother of all rabbit holes, which is the England Football International's One Cap Wonders, um, of which there are some absolute gold. Um, I won't name them just in case anybody else has, uh, has, has used it as an answer, but I will plump for a guy called Michael Ricketts who, uh, was it Bolton at the time he got called up? He scored 98 goals, uh, sorry, he scored 37 goals in 98 appearances for Bolton from 2000 to 2003. Um, when he left Bolton after his, uh, after his England, one and only England cap against the Netherlands, he went on to play 32 games for Middlesbrough, scoring three goals, 25 games for Leeds, no goals, 11 for Stoke, no goals, 17 for Cardiff, five goals, and 13 for Burnley, two goals. So he played for England after having a stellar time. Well, you say stellar, uh, a mediocre time at Bolton, um, only to disappear off the face of the earth. Honorable mentions to Franny Jeffers and David Nugent.
2: Very good. I love I, lo- I love those sort of those sort of players who actually just they've got quite a good reputation and they they play for their country and that reputation is tarnished from
0: that point onwards. <laughs> uh ben um well there's been some pretty ropey scottish centers over the years um and i thought of england rugby players but they they tend to be sort of yeoman like and a bit average rather than bad um so i thought i'd go for rather than a one-cap wonder someone who's just got way too many caps um so i've gone for danny mills (laughs) danny mills has got 19 caps for england at right back um, and, a, and he played in a world cup as well. Um, to put that into context, that's more than Rob Jones and Trent and Alexander Arnold combined at right back for England. Um, so, uh, yeah, I just think a uh, decent club player, but to have nearly 20 caps is uh, is stretching it a long way. Yeah, uh, Phil, well,
4: you're clearly both wrong. Uh, the answer is. <laughs> Eric Musambani Malonga. And it's not a name you might, you might necessarily be that familiar with. I'm going to take you back to the 2000 Summer Olympics. So back, back then we had this system whereby to get more uh, participation from countries in sports that they're not that, that necessarily renowned for, you didn't have to meet an Olympic qualifying time or speed or distance to be able to get in the Olympics. So for the first heat of the 100 metres freestyle, up steps Eric Musambani Malonga from Equatorial Guinea, now, named, now known as Eric the Eel. He swam the entire race by himself, nobody else in the pool, after the two, two other competitors pulled out, struggled to finish 100 meters he'd never seen an Olympic-sized swimming pool before, and swam it in 1 minute 52 seconds. So he won his heat, but didn't get to go through because he wasn't quick enough. And fair play to him. He still holds the national record <laughs> in both the 50 metre freestyle and 100 metres freestyle, which he set in 2004 <laughs> at 56 seconds. So he halved his time between his Olympic debut and the national record. So, yeah, Eric Leal is the only person. And I think it's a real shame because I don't want to pick him out because I absolutely love him. But, yeah, is, it, is the only answer you can come up with.
0: Love that.
2: also, why has nobody in Equatorial Guinea just gone just randomly, oh I can beat that and turned up and done it? Or maybe they <laughs> just love it the... too much. Well <laughs> <goals, mate>. mm. <laughs> 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 right, I don't
0: Doug.
4: think they've got a, I don't think they've got a pool that allows it to be an official time in the country.
2: That may be the may very well be the reason. Uh Dougie.
4: Okay. Uh, we all know my
3: my dislike of tennis. So uh, anyone that has ever played for the Great Britain um, Davis Cup tennis team, because they've all been shit, apart from the obvious ones. I'm talking about you, Jeremy Bates, Nick Gould, Luke Milligan, Mark Petchy, Andrew Robinson, Chris Wilkinson, Neil Lee Charles Barry Cow, Martin Lee, Miles Mar- McLaughlin, David Sherwood, Jamie Delgado, Alan Mackin, Arvind Palmer, And then you've got a couple of decent ones.
2: (laughs) Dougie, how many (laughs) names did you just read out just then? Lots. Okay. Let's call Uh, it five. There you go. Fifteen. No, I'm not going that far. Right. Uh, Yeah, very good. Next question. um, You may be familiar with the concept of the the platinum jiffy bag question. Um, If you... If you match the answer in my platinum jiffy bag, you're going to get nine bonus points for this one. So bear that that in mind. Uh, Commentator Nick Heath went viral last week for his series of live commentaries. Uh, Simple question. What's your favourite piece of sporting commentary? And we're going to start with Phil this time.
4: So the best bits of commentary are the ones that obviously come completely off the cuff, unplanned, haven't had a lot of stuff gone into them. Um, And it's just a commentator really transmitting what's going on on the pitch to the people listening to him. Um, And as far as I'm aware, there's only one piece of commentary uh, where the words have spawned a relatively successful quiz show in the 90s. So 1966 World Cup final, Kenneth Wollstone home. Some people are on the pitch. They think it's all over. It
2: is now. Yeah love that Um, okay so Doug who have you got Um,
3: no no one because commentary (laughs) is and remains vastly overrated and any twat with a microphone can do it as I have proved and as has Nick himself because he literally just talked about some people walking down the street I don't get it
2: (laughs) i've heard you commentate doug let's move on better than a lot of them yeah no i literally can't disagree with that right russ 1981 uh 9th of september
1: oslo lord nelson lord beaverbrook sir winston churchill (laughs) sir anthony eden clement Attlee, henry cooper lady diana we beat them all. We beat them all. Maggie Thatcher, can you hear me? Your boys took a one hell of or? a beating. <laughs> 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 Where was go. that
2: accent going?
0: I
1: don't know. <laughs> uh, Bjorn.
2: Uh, Your boys Bjorn took Lillian.
1: one hell of a
3: beating, man. man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that, that, was, uh, that was Bridgetown 1985. But uh, yeah, Bjorn Lililian. The Norwegian commentator who, uh, when he, the, Norway beat England in 1981, came up with that absolute goal. To, to coin Phil's phrase, when uh, when it's natural, when it just happens completely off the cuff, that is one of those things.
2: Very good. Okay. And Ben, to finish us off for the round, um,
0: two words Jones, Bowden. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh. so, so that might be a man that perhaps uh, proves Dougie's argument wrong Richie Beno um, who I think improved almost everyone's cricket viewing although um, one lesser known gem that I found when I was uh, just just looking up uh, Richie Benno on the internet Slater said to him I think he snuck it and Benno replied I can think of one or two Axe Michael but snuck isn't one of them <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh I miss Richie every day. <laughs> uh you are incredibly close to the the platinum jiffy bag answer, Is it is it Ian Smuth? It's, it's not Ian Smuth but it's in the it happened in the same match as as Ben's little moments. Um I'm just going to I don't even need to google it because I know it virtually verbatim or or as good as um Oh, Stephen Harmison with a slower ball. One of the great balls. Given the moment, given the batsman, and given the match. That's a staggering gamble that's paid off for Harmison. He bowled it perfectly. None other than Mr. Mark Nicholas. Um, top bloke and top commentator.
3: <laughs> Not a top bloke. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Terrific hairline. <laughs> Ah, oh, but there's there's so much, so many, so many moments like that just puts puts goosebumps on me, and most of them do come from the 2005 Ashes. But but there we are. I'm only human. Okay, uh, quick look at the scores. Russ, you're you need, you've got a bit of work to do. You're lagging behind on 28. Phil on 40. Doug 44, and Ben still leading on 46. Next up, rich sportsman. Or woman, I guess. We're being sexist here, but, you know, this is the Ball Over podcast. Uh, which sportsman, past or present, <laughs> would you like to see physically enforcing self-quarantine?
0: And Ben, you can start. Um, well, I'm going to put forward the name of Blair Paddy Main. Um, British Lions and Ireland second row from the 1930s. Um, his tour relaxation was to head down to the docks and pick fights with sailors in south (laughs) africa uh he was also a founder member of the sas who won the dso and three bars um and was recruited from prison for striking an officer um and it was described as rather like buying a pet wolf (laughs) um rather than wreck german planes which was their um Sort of uh, original plan. He got sick of the planes being replaced. So he kicked in the door of the officers' mess and machine gunned the pilots. <laughs> <laughs> but because that would have been unsporting, he declared, Evening gentlemen. <laughs> um, that is the man to enforce self quarantine.
2: Yeah. Um, sounds like we could do with him. Phil. Who are you choosing?
4: Um, is he not effectively enforcing his own self-quarantine at the moment, what with being dead and all? Yeah. So, um <laughs> <laughs> So uh, who would I... Well, I, I took this question incredibly literally um, in, in one regard, uh, in terms of... Um, I, I picked the person who I wanted to see enforcing his own self-quarantine, um, and this is a sportsman who uh, was at New York Military Academy and played, vars- he was a varsity athlete in baseball, American football, soccer. Unfortunately, he got some bone spurs, which kept him out of playing sport. And he- Trump. Um, also kept him out of the Vietnam War. But fortunately, he's gone on to be the greatest sportsman of all time. He's the best. He's the greatest. He's just amazing. He's the head of the NFL, makes all the decisions about the NFL, tells the owners what they can and cannot do. He has uh, been an absolute star in the golfing world. Um, And yes, Douglas, you are right. It is President (laughs) Trump. and still... anything president trump can do to keep himself in quarantine and away from other people will be a bonus for the rest of the world and if he wants to take this little nuclear football with it
2: let's go and ask for doug for spoiling it but you know sorry man You're all right i didn't think it was gonna be <laughs> right uh in fact let's go back to you doug
3: uh, what was the, qu- the question? Um, who? Um, uh, pretty simple with Joe Marler. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That'd be terrible results, but it would be funny. Uh, very good, Russ. No, I, I,
3: I think I maybe read the question wrong, and I would like to see him forcibly quarantined
0: <laughs> forever. He could. You could just enforce it with um, quarantine, with or, or Joe will do yeah, a I'd banter. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> or yeah, but
3: what I'd really like to see is Joe just in a room with a load of pre apartheid South African props who folded like a concertina. Yeah, although
1: he wasn't pre apartheid, but you know what I mean.
3: Yeah, just some really nasty South African beefcakes. See if he pulls their dicks. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Right. Russ? Uh,
1: I read this question wrong as well, because I, I read it as uh, people enforcing people's quarantine. So I, I thought Victor Matfield and uh, Back is Boater and Os Durant to just wander around enforcing quarantine. But now you've all answered and we're talking about self-quarantine. I'm going to give to you Nick Kyrgios uh, from Doug's favourite sport, tennis. <laughs> the guy is an ab- absolute... Dickhead of all dickheads in tennis, and should not not be allowed to compete, not be allowed to play, not be allowed to given any airtime because he's nothing more than a petulant child who uh, who can swing a racket about and, and act like an absolute wand. So, Nick Kyrgios.
0: Lots of lots of points there. All I mean, I'm the actual not... question was who should be enforcing the self quarantine, though, wasn't it?
3: I thought it was who should be inf- who would you put in enforced quarantine? Who would oh, be physically enforced? There's an, there's
4: an ambiguity around the question. Let's let's just there put is. it
3: that way. Although I think it was a brilliant question, Adam.
2: Well, I, I, yeah, I'm not even sure that. that was that was my question. You know, some one of you probably came up with it.
1: <laughs> right. Well, I... <laughs> Anyway, arbitrary points were awarded, and everyone was happy.
2: <laughs> who's who keeps who's keeping track of the points? Apparently, me. <laughs> right. With Archive we sports. We to do this. Y- yes. Why, yeah. why haven't we? Why haven't we? Don't In know. fact, I haven't heard. You know, I, I was expecting last week's results to be disputed, but I never heard anything. <laughs> but you know, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens this time. Right. With with. <laughs> With archived Sport being aired everywhere at the moment on Sky, BT, every sport channel going um, for obvious reasons. But which sporting event would you like to watch again in full in real time? Lots of time on your hands. And Doug, let's start with you.
3: I know it's not going to be universally popular, but one of the best sporting events I've ever been at or had the pleasure to be at was the 2017 World Championship Darts semi-final between Michael Van Gogh and Rob Cross, in which Rob Cross, who um, merely a year before was playing in the local pub, um, qualified for the World Championship, made it all the way to the semi-final to take on the world, arguably the world's greatest player, Um and matched him dart for dart all the way through, survived six match darts, I think, against him and eventually beat Van Gerwen in a tie break at the end of the match. Um, drama, complete tension, unbelievable atmosphere in the building and just, you know, an hour and a bit of just absolutely brilliant sporting entertainment and as if it wasn't enough he then went on to beat the long the the new long jump champion phil taylor in the final
2: <laughs> excellent uh russ what would you like um, to watch
1: so i want to rerun the entire italia 90 tournament um from ness and dormer through to Gaza's tears for Salvatore Scalacci through to Carlos Valderrama. Oh. Cameroon beating Argentina um, beating Argentina in the opening game of the
2: tournament. I've got the, a bit of a semi going on here. Uh, the, 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 <laughs> the whole
1: tournament wasn't really regarded as, as one of the greatest tournaments as far as match action goes. Average 2.2 goals a game. There was a record 16 red cards. It was a bit like the last Rugby World Cup that's just happened. And, um, yeah, it was my first, the first time I can really remember a World Cup. And I absolutely loved it and was, you know, hooked ever since. So, right from Gary Lineker shitting his pants in the semi-final. Um, <laughs> the, as I say, Gaza's tears and Waddle.
3: That was the second uh, round, wasn't it, against Paraguay?
1: No, he, he shit his pants against Germany in the semi-final.
0: I thought it was against Ireland it, in the first game. It, it, was it Ben's right? Ben Ben's right. right. Well five, done, ben. Point, five points
1: for Ben. Uh, but even you know, Ben's even those group now. games, we had a we had a draw against Ireland, one all draw against Ireland. We beat Egypt one 0 coming from behind against Cameroon, and and two Linker penalty, um, two Linker penalties in the quarterfinal Belgium in the round before that with David Platt's volley. It was it was just it had everything for an England fan, and and then ultimate heartbreak at the end. <laughs> Doug's obviously found something funny on Google.
0: I just,
3: I just googled when did Gary Lineker shit his pants. <laughs> <And> the,
0: first...
3: <laughs> the first ones that came up were Gary Lineker poos himself at World Cup '90. Gary Lineker takes his shit and wipes his ass on the pitch. Gary Lineker literally shits himself against Ireland. Lineker admits to shit, and and it just made it just made me laugh. Tears of laughter. <laughs> Gary Lineker poos himself. <laughs>
1: So there you go, but I'd like to see it from from the start, right from that Argentina <laughs> Cameroon game and Roger Mia doing his little dance.
2: Excellent, <laughs> no, that's, that's such a good answer. It's, it also you know we're all of a similar similar age, and you know, I would have I would have been eleven for Italia '90, and I had the sticker album. It's it wasn't. I mean, I remember Mexico '86 a little bit, but Italia '90 is the first World Cup. It got proper into it with full geekery and following every single match. And you know, regardless Didn't, of the fact, there that... was
3: a sticker album that was uh, a weekly binder, wasn't there? Like a an A4 ring binder folder. A ring thing.
1: binder finder, yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: Were they, they, they weren't just... the SO coins, were they? Yeah. I think they, no, a... they, they did exist as well. But yeah, but mate,
4: England and Scotland I, teams on SO coins. I've
3: got a pal that I used to work with. Don't work with them anymore because I don't work, but. Um, he collects. All I the used Panini to work stuff.
1: Chicago's. I don't work. <laughs> <laughs>
3: he, he used to work all that stuff and um, or or do all that stuff. And he said that the new the new Panini sticker album's got like seven hundred stickers in it. Yeah, ludicrous.
1: Just ludicrous. cash cow in it. Just a cash cow. Yeah. I forgot to mention World in Motion, which is arguably the best football team song ever made as well. Just to, just to add into Thalia '90.
2: Russ, you've scored thirty-seven points on this question. <laughs> Back in the game. Or, audit that, Patrick.
0: <laughs> right. Who? Somebody hasn't answered. Uh, two of you haven't think... answered. Ben. Um, I'm going to give an honourable honourable mention to the uh, 2017 Lions, which was a not only a really tense um, and, and, and really good series, but um, gave me the experience of watching one of the, one of the tour games on a laptop in, in the cattle shed at the Royal Cornwall show, which was a very, which was a very unusual experience. And uh, I would do that again, um, but I'm going to go for the uh, same sport, the O three 3 World Cup. Fire, the fair's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. The, the 2003 World Cup, um, probably the greatest England team in any sport ever. Um, and, What's easy to forget now, in in the years since we've won a lot of Olympic medals for Team GB, we've we've done very well in the cricket, won a World Cup, we've won Ashes. But at that time, for someone my age, England had never won anything whatsoever, and um, that was the the day. The final was the day that we finally won something, and uh, I can I can probably remember most you know, probably every single second of the whole day. And I, I certainly remember who I was with and the, and the really good company I was with and through the whole tournament, um, you know, it was just after I finished uni. So I was meeting up with people from uni and we were watching games and, uh, and it was as well as being a great experience of, of, of the team winning. It was, uh, it was, it was just a long, a long tournament where uh, a lot of beer was drunk. So uh, let's go back to that. <laughs> Very good. Um, Phil,
4: Michael Vaughan, Andrew Flintoff, James Anderson, Ian Bell, Paul Collingwood, Ashley Giles, Steve Harmison, Matthew Hoggard, Grant Jones, Simon Jones, Kevin Peterson, Andrew Strauss, Marcus Trescothick. 2005 Ashes, the greatest Ashes series ever played.
2: Oh, every... i'm done with that you're having 100 points there you go <laughs> every, every game an
4: absolute smasher add add into that the tension of glenn mcgrath not being able to play football standing <laughs> on the ball wrecking his ankle ligaments out for the series you've got the best england bowling attack that i have ever seen you've got andy flintoff taking 24 wickets you've got jones Harmison, and hoggard all bowling in in uh in pairs, and then you've got Ashley Giles keeping it tight at the other end. Kevin Peterson making his England debut, top scoring in the series, 473 runs. You've got Marcus Truscothic at his very best uh, at the top. And you've got what I think will, for the entirety of my lifetime, be the greatest test match ever played, purely for that last day of the second test, when you've got England looking like they're dominating miles ahead. Australia chasing a total that from the very outset just didn't look feasible that they were going to get anywhere near it. And then two massive stands for the ninth and the, and the final wicket. And then in comes that ball from Flintoff to Brett Lee, gets him out. England win by two runs. You've got Brett Lee on the floor in absolute pieces. Flintoff consoling him. Just a, a moment of pure cricketing magic. Can you take some points uh,
1: off him, please. Yeah, yeah take yeah,
2: points away. Yeah. And then I mean, England can all read Wikipedia, series.
3: mate. <laughs> yeah. Can. And Wikipedia is wrong, clearly. And um, full disclosure, Adam, how many of us put down this as our original answer?
2: I think it's possible that you all did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, still it, obviously. If, I'd have, if I'd have known it would have been a
3: hundred. If I'd known it would have been a hundred pointer, I would have lobbied harder for me to keep it.
2: Well. I I, dec- I decided initially or immediately that it was going to be a first come first served on the answers, and and Phil was clearly aware of that. I reckon for me posting the questions, it was about 0.3 seconds before <laughs> we
0: came like the other answers will follow. But I'm having this. <laughs> I'm having this for that question. It's because it's the right answer. Um, but I just wanted to. Have you seen the supercut someone's done on? Um youtube of all the wickets taken by england in the series no no no. it's like i I will do it's about eight minutes long and i could watch it just on a sort of loop just like pump it into my veins it's six um, minutes
4: it took me to to get that in adam yeah
0: so so it took you less time to get your answer in than it took england to take all their wickets in the series
1: (laughs) and ironically it took him less time to get the answer in than it did to for him to actually answer the question
0: yeah. Um, <laughs> and he still a, got it wrong.
1: I know, yeah. <laughs> but imagine if they channel four just did that and just put it on for the next yeah. well, oh, just I, every day. If they played the, old,
0: the DVD box set, that would be because that's about six hours long, isn't it? The the box set that yeah. they released. They could just play that on channel four. It'd be fantastic while we're all but locked down.
2: I'm I'm greedy because I've I mean I've got the DVD box set. I could watch it at any time and frequently do, but I want. I want to see it all. Like just, go just I, want go to see, to... I want
4: to see the warm up. I want to see McGrath stepping on that ball. Yeah.
2: <laughs> like I, every single every delivery. Single yeah. 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 Even even the bits from Simon Hughes in his caravan, <laughs> you know, doing doing the 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 analyst stuff. <laughs> running
4: Everything. running out for a quick piss during the drinks break.
2: <laughs> you know, Mark Nicholas having it. No, we won't. We won't go there. Right, um, I think that Sixer. takes us into, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and Tony Gregg. Just, I was going to say, we still have Tony Gregg,
0: didn't we? Yeah. yeah.
2: And,
1: it, and his fucking keys.
2: <laughs> oh, I love Tony Gregg. I love everything about this. You could probably tell. Let's, Talking about let's... Tony
1: Gregg and his fucking keys, just very quickly, have you listened to the 12th Man stuff by Billy Birmingham? I never ever have mentioned it before, but if yes, you've not, yeah. search it out. It's incredible.
2: I have a I have a 12th man mug that when you put it you, when you pick it up to take a sip of coffee it plays clips of <laughs> it's only it's only got three or four but it's enough. I mean yeah there's some bad language in there so you know you've got to be a bit careful but um the the whole Bill Laurie and Tony Gregg thing. yeah Fuck off Tony, what do you know? Right. <laughs> um... <laughs> yeah. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> Especially as there may be children in earshot. But hey, um, any other business? And I'll go in reverse order of scores. So, Doug, you can start.
3: What, am I last?
2: You are, yeah. Jesus. Um, okay. Um,
3: just want <clears throat> a big shouts out to... Um, big, big shouts out to Mike Ashley and that fellow who owns Weatherspoons today in a time where you didn't think it was possible for people to be any more stupid than they actually are these two absolute ones have managed it let's uh your your company makes 57.9 million pounds profit which was announced merely weeks earlier and then you lay off all your staff and tell them to go and work in tesco's nice one tone and then um mike ashley with the actual brass bollocks the size of a camel to say that sports direct is providing an essential service last i checked it was not essential to need a pair of three quarter length long style track suits and um some some uh, some trainer socks so um there's a lot of rumblings going on about how people are gonna boycott boycott all this stuff they're not because people like buying pints for one pound seventy, so there you go.
2: Yeah, it'll be be nice to be able to do that again, wouldn't it? Uh, right, Ben, you're next. There's been a bit of a swing in the scores, as you could tell wow. <laughs> from
0: that last question. Um, I hate conspiracy conspiracy theories. Um, <laughs> I hate them all. Um, if if you think governments can keep like if there was a plot for the uh, two towers if, if if you think governments could keep that sit that quiet then you, you need to have a word with yourself really they can't keep anything quiet especially Trump that I mean to think that that moron could keep something like the coronavirus a secret is uh, is just really pushing it um so much as I hate the conspiracy theories I don't think it really matters at the moment if you think that the Virus came from a meth lab in alabama or if it was just someone shagging a bat in china just stay in your house that's all you got to do for a bit just stay in your house absolutely uh right
2: uh russ
1: and while you're staying in your house why not take in some uh, on-demand television programs um, I have started watching, and whilst whilst every part of every fibre of my being wants to hate it and everything that it's about, I've started watching a programme called The Test, which is behind the scenes with the Australian... cricket programme. ...national, it is, yeah. What gave you that impression? But it's about <laughs> after Justin Langer took over. It's a bit like um, the all or nothing type thing, uh, but it's behind the scenes of the Australian cricket team. And whilst I really, really want to hate, it and them and everything they stand for. It is absolutely incredible. And the footage and the access that they've got. And to actually, you know, people like Tim Payne, who let's be honest, is a bang average cricketer as far as world class (laughs) cricketers go. uh, But he he comes across as a great leader. People like um, Aaron Finch and even um, Nathan, Nathan Lyon, who, is an incredible spin bowler and i always thought was a bit of a dick they're actually they actually come across really well there are people that don't david warner being one of them i don't think he could come across well if he was cradling a baby what a
0: surprise
1: if he was cradling a baby whilst feeding puppies and giving out love hearts but i I just yeah it's it's an incredible program and if you love cricket then you'll love this despite how much you may hate australians
2: I'm still not buying it about length line. the line. Um, but anyway, well, I'll, I'll have to watch and find out. Uh, Phil, as the runaway leader, I think you've got to have a phenomenally bad any other business to not end up in the final here.
4: Yeah, I'm going to keep it fairly simple. Um, I am... Obviously, coronavirus is a massive thing. Um, it's It's been part of the three any other businesses so far. It's why we're doing this the way that we're doing it. Um, I'm just getting a bit... Stuff that there's absolutely nothing else noteworthy within people's lives that you go on social media and all you read is about coronavirus i just want somebody to have something else happen to them so and i think what makes it worse is when the bbc come out and they go well we've had to cancel all of our shows because of coronavirus and we're going to give you some shit from the 1980s to watch that we've already bought and paid for and we're going to bring out spooks well I watched it the first time. It was all right. But it's 15 years old. Like, just I just want something different. I almost I almost long for the days when Donald Trump came out with something even more racist than what he's saying at the moment. Just for for something different to think about.
2: (laughs) We had Mrs. Brown's boys live last week. What more do you want?
4: For fuck's sake. You're uh, complaining about
2: spooks. That that
1: shit needs to be self-isolated.
4: Yeah. Never has a program been hated by so many people, yet loved by the five people who, who do BBC programming.
2: The,
1: the, the, the director general of the BBC, Tony Hayes. <laughs> and, and and Chris Feather.
0: What was he doing on the roof? <laughs> <laughs> oh, i giving out points like confetti
2: tonight. Um, but whatever, nobody's keeping track. Except I'm <laughs> pretending to. So here are the final scores. So the top two, of course, go into defend the undefendable. Uh, Doug, 85 for you. Ben, you were 94. But the the two of you in the final, Russ on 101 and Phil on a slightly ludicrous 158 <laughs> points. Um, have another 100. Make it 258. There you go. <laughs> um, you two are going to defend the statements which... I will give you with with no warning. So without further ado, I'm going to set 22 seconds on my timer, which, as you may recall, uh, Phil, as the leader, you don't get to pick because we're different here. Russ, do you want to go first <laughs> or second?
1: Uh, I'll go first, please.
2: Okay. Um, you're going to have, if sport is done for the year, The sports personality of the year should be awarded by default for his one for 47 in the second innings at Johannesburg to Chris Wokes. Chris Wokes
1: is one of the most underrated cricketers in the current England team. His ability to move the ball in and out and almost as if he's got no control over it. The fact that he can bowl at any sort of length, which which he wants, um, but again has got no control over it. I think Chris Wokes should be the sports personality of the year because he's got no control. Go.
2: Time, <laughs> time's up. Um, Phil, let's see if you can do better. League One and League Two footballers should all give up their current wages to help the Premier League pay their players, as their clubs will probably go out of business anyway.
4: Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. You look at the uh, financial structure of these League One and Two clubs, they're they're ruined. Now, if those players are actually getting paid money, the best thing they can do is give them away to, to the Premiership footballers who are going to have some whacking great mortgages that they're going to have to cover. The banks are going to be <laughs> foreclosing on them, kicking them out onto the streets. And let's be honest, these League One and Two footballers are going to have to get used to having no money That's when time. they go looking for other jobs.
2: Time's up. Um, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to give this to Russ because you called it the Premiership and, and for no other reason <laughs>
0: <laughs> as as well argued as that might have been, you know, doesn't matter um, Russ, so you're going you're to win giving, You're giving a prize to someone who stood up for Chris Wokes
2: mm.
0: You're right, Ben
1: he, he came up the question
2: oh. uh, You're right, Phil, you're going to win No, you're right, That's that's much more important <laughs> Thank even yeah, even though i gave him the question it's it's almost as if it doesn't matter oh
4: it matters to me
2: <laughs> fair enough there you go there's there's this week's episode of punching chat i nearly said something else there you go russ
1: and exactly one hour's worth of podcasting there you go what a great what another great week um, thanks, Adam, for your for your hosting skills and your uh, defend the undefendables. <laughs>
0: um,
1: thank you to the regular guys, Phil, Ben and Doug. Absolute pleasure again. Who knows what we'll come up with next week or whether we'll, we'll just end up doing something like this. But uh, let us know what you think. If you have listened to us and are on the, uh, the App Store or, um, you know, the Apple type thing, leave us a review. It's always quite nice seeing those sorts of things. We haven't had any reviews um too often. We had we had some recently which were very nice. So thank you for those. Uh but yeah. Um and if you've got this far, hashtag punching
4: chat and uh I, and guys, if you want us to do this again, please throw some questions our way. Because yeah, it's the hardest the ideas. hardest bit of it is coming up with questions.
2: Yeah. What I don't you know how hear? a show could do this for 27 years every single week well they but actually they have do, sport
4: yeah they do have
1: things right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. and and the team probably a team of paid writers and producers and presenters and stuff you know all funded by your taxpayer by uh by your license fee so let digest that um <laughs> hashtag hashtag license fee <laughs> go well we'll see you next week possibly maybe